1: Hello everyone and welcome to the Spurs Up show, the best Gamecocks podcast on the internet. Today is Thursday, May the 14th, 2020 on today's show. Former Gamecocks writer pitcher Jose Mata joins the show to talk about his interesting career, how he got to South Carolina, how he almost never pitched a single inning at Division I baseball, winning back-to-back national titles in both 2010 and 2011, how he's still involved with the Gamecocks, his current take on the South Carolina baseball program, and much, much more. Before we get into everything, this is an interview brought to you by our friends over at SeatGeek. SeatGeek, the best ticket-buying app by far, the only ticket-buying app I use, and the only one I recommend. Go down to SeatGeek, go to SeatGeek.com, use the promo code SPURSUP. You're going to get $20 off your first purchase. Guys, sports are coming back. Thank goodness sports are coming back. When you need your tickets to any sporting event, whether that be any Gamecock sporting event, baseball football basketball MLB NHL NBA NFL whatever it may be go use seat great ticket rating system which rates the tickets for you based on the type of deal you're getting so guys never again do you have to scalp get to worry about hey what am i paying for my tickets am i overpaying or, or, or am i getting ripped off what's the deal here with my tickets they're going to take care of you see guys honestly <clears throat> they're the only place i get my tickets and they've really changed the way that we all buy our tickets so again Go download the SeatGeek app or go to SeatGeek.com. Use the promo code SpursUp. that's S-P-U-R-S-U-P, to save $20 off your first purchase. Let's get it. All right, joining us today on the Spurs Up show is a man that played for Gamecocks baseball from 2010 to 2011. During his career, he went 10-1 and overalls as a pitcher, 2.14 ERA, and 75 and two-thirds innings pitched. He also had 53 strikeouts and one save to his credit. And of course, in 2010 and 11, was a two-time national champion with the Gamecocks. I'm very pleased to be joined by former Gamecocks relief pitcher, Jose Mata. Jose, appreciate you taking the time, man. It's a pleasure to have you on.
2: Thanks for having me. I'm, uh, I appreciate the love, and I appreciate being on here.
1: Absolutely. So I want to go back to the beginning for you, though, Jose. You're obviously from uh, from Florida, from Miami Lakes, Florida. Went to Broward Community College out of high school, and then obviously landed at South Carolina in 2010. Just kind of talk about the early years for you as far as, like, high school baseball or, you know, going through the community college ranks. I know a lot of guys did that, and I think it's really interesting that, you know, when you came in, South Carolina was really – pulling guys out of the state of Florida left and right. I mean, I think of yourself. I think of Adrian Morales. I know Bobby Haney was down at a, uh, at a JUCO in Florida. I know Robert Berry was down in Florida, but just kind of talk about navigating through the, the junior college, community college ranks, if you will, and how you landed at South Carolina.
2: Yeah, man, absolutely. I, uh, I, there's a lot that JUCO uh, taught me, and my story's a little different. I, a lot of people don't know my story, so I'm glad that we're actually going to talk about it here. So fun fact, so I went to high school, Archbishop McCarthy. Um, at the time, we were kind of a small school, um, and now they're a powerhouse in Florida. I think they won like four straight Florida State titles. And at the time, we were just like a small, small private school. We had a few guys that ended up making it big, but had a few. I was there four years, started off four years, and was recruited by some small D1s, and my senior year, I actually got sick. I caught mono and missed a bunch of games. So mm. a lot of my scholarship offers dropped. Mm. So what ended up happening with me is I actually tried walking on to Florida International University, mm. and that's not on here. So you look at my player page. I mean, I rarely talk about it, but mm. I actually, my freshman year, went to FIU and was cut. <laughs> um, I was a full-time business student my freshman year in college at FIU. And uh, was there, was a student. I, I, I hung up the cleats. Until one day, uh, an old buddy of mine I played high school with, Ray Rhodes, sent me a text and said, hey, Jose, you going to give us another shot? And I said, absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) So I trained with him for a little bit and uh, was able to latch on with, it's it's funny, I wasn't even planning on going the Juco route. Mm. So I called up a buddy of mine who was playing for a summer league team and I just asked, hey, is there anywhere I can get innings? And he said, actually, yeah, this weekend we're down a few arms, you want to come in? So I showed up It was a, a Sunday and I pitched the last three innings of that game. Mm. What happens? It was at Broward community college. Mm. <laughs> the game was at BCC. The first base coach for the opposing team was the hitting coach for BCC. And he walked up walked up to me after the game and said, Hey, Jose man, where are you pitching nowadays? I said, uh, nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> um, so then after that, he said, Hey, we need you here at BCC. Can you come play for us? And I thought about it for a week or so. and I said, you know, screw it. Let's, let's give this another shot. So I mm. um, ended up walking on to JUCO, and it was, it was an experience, man. I uh, went there for two years, had a really good freshman year. And um, the way South Carolina found me or how we connected was I ended up going to the, uh, the All-Star Game. So every mm. year Florida has a JUCO All-Star Game that's done in, in St. Pete or somewhere in northern Florida. And I played there, and, and sure enough, Coach Calvi was there. Mm. And uh, I pitched two innings, pitched well. I remember leaving and coming back and thinking, I was like, okay, cool, I think I did okay. I knew there was a bunch of schools in the audience um, or in the stands. And I remember going back to, to Broward, and I heard that one of my teammates was getting looked at by South Carolina. So a guy mm. by the name of Ryan Whalen
1: mm-hmm. was
2: getting looked at by South Carolina, and, and Whalen called me and said, dude, South Carolina is interested in me. And I remember telling him, then I, I hope they even know who I am. <laughs> like, I hope they know what my name is. And sure enough, five minutes passes and I get a phone call from my coach just saying, hey, uh, South Carolina is showing some interest in you. They're going to be here next week to, to see you pitch in our intramurals. Mm. And the rest is history, man. <laughs> I showed up. He showed, Calvi flew down. I threw a few innings in our intramural and he said he wanted me. And I immediately said, let's do it. So it was it was a dream come true. I still I still think of that night as one of the uh, the greatest moments of of my definitely my my baseball career. That was that was an incredible night for me.
1: For sure. I, I want to jump to this because obviously you know Jose, you were a guy that your throwing motion was very unique. I mean I, I was talking with somebody about this the other day. He's like you don't really see a lot of guys doing that anymore, like the knuckle scrapers, if you will. Was your throwing motion like that at that point, or was it something where you got to Carolina, you adjusted and kind of? You know, Or maybe you adopted that in junior college, or did you always throw that way?
2: So, um, my junior year of high school, so we actually had a guy uh, by the name of Danny Farquhar. Uh, mm-hmm. He ended up, if you remember um, last year, he was in the news for un- unfortunately bad reasons. He had a, a brain aneurysm. He played mm-hmm. for the um, so Yeah, So, he, yeah. he was on my high school team. And when he was a, a freshman and sophomore, he was actually <coughs> on the submarine. Mm-hmm. So, at the time in high school, I was a first base, third base catcher. Um, I was a hitter in high school. I was kind of like a, uh, I mean, I, I was a good hitter, but I wasn't pitching. So I'd play in summer league teams and I was lucky enough to play with some of the best summer league teams in, in Florida. And, you know, I couldn't really get inning. I mean, I couldn't really, I couldn't catch Our catcher was Yasmani Grandal.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, so I couldn't, really, <laughs> I didn't really get many innings behind the plate. Right. Um, like at third base, we had some, I mean, the team was filled with D1 guys, so I was kind of playing weirdly different positions, but I still pitched in Mm -hmm. my summer league. I wasn't pitching in high school or anything. And then one day, it was in between sophomore and junior year, I was warming up before a game, and I couldn't throw a strike over the top. Like, I just – I was warming up before, and everything was up at a chin level. So I just said, you know what? What Let me try something out real quick. So I dropped down, and it was a strike, a strike. Mm -hmm catcher looked at me and said dude you should let's do that i was like all Mm. right cool let's give it a shot and in that first game that I pitched throwing sub I struck out like 12 guys it was wild (laughs) I remember I remember coming back into the dugout and my coaches being like dude when did you learn how to do this I was like legitimately 30 minutes ago like (laughs) I, I just kind of winged it um so ever since that day um I started throwing sidearm and and what's funny is I was prepping to be the starting catcher at my high school team. Um, My first two years, I was, like I said, a first baseman, third baseman. I started at first the majority of the time and our catcher graduated. So the Mm. plan was for me to go move behind the dish. And I guess word got to my high school coach somehow because the following weekend I'm pitching at a perfect game tournament. (laughs) And here goes two of my high school coaches in the stands an hour and a half away from my high school. And I was like, well, dude, what? what are you guys doing here? And they said, hey, I heard you're throwing submarine. We wanted to see it for ourselves. So I showed up, uh, pitched two really good innings, and they said, all right, Jose, you're, you're done catching. You're, you're going to be pitching from now on. Mm. So from that moment on, junior year up until this very day, uh, I haven't thrown a pitch over the top again. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so I, I want to know, Jose, obviously you get on campus fall of 09, uh, your first season, spring of 10, obviously, but those – I guess those first memories on campus, or what was your, your initial takeaways when you got on campus, was able to see the facilities, everything like that? Because obviously baseball at South Carolina and really all the other Southeastern schools, SEC schools, it's like ramped up to a different level. I mean, it's people joke that it's, it's double-A in college pretty much. I mean, that's, that's the level you're playing at. But what, what were your, I guess, initial takeaways and initial thoughts of the SEC level and the facilities and everything else that South Carolina had to offer?
2: Man, I couldn't believe I was there. <laughs> um i i i walked in and was just in full amazement it was it was it was wild man I, like i said i i never dreamed I, I mean i dreamed never thought i ever had a shot of playing in the sec let alone playing for the you know for south carolina i mean i i i was just hoping to find a low d1 somewhere this <clears throat> so i was just in awe uh the first few days i was there i i, I honestly couldn't believe it mm. Um. Uh, it's funny. My uncle lived in Lexington, mm. and um, when we called him to let him know, like, "Hey, by the way, you know, I think we're going to be committing to South Carolina," he said, "Which one?" And my, my, we were like, "Oh, the one in Columbia." He's like, "No, no, that's that's you know, the University of South Carolina. It can't be that one, is it? The other? Which other one is it?" Like, "No, dude, <laughs> it's 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 Columbia." Um, so, I mean, it was, it was it was a dream. Like I said, the the facilities coming from JUCO, you're the one doing the field. I was responsible for damping the pitching mound. Mm. Um, I was watering the fields. It, going from that to the facilities we had, I mean, I I couldn't believe it. I, I, by the time we left, I feel like I took it for granted. Um, but it was, it, it was just wild. Like I said, I just I was in total amazement, in total awe. I I couldn't believe I was where I was standing.
1: Now, obviously, your first year at Carolina, Jose. I mean, you pitched a ton. I mean, thirty-three games. You had forty-five innings um did really well went seven and one 2.4 era how do you feel like your game adjusted to the sec level because obviously again on the stat sheet it looks really really good but when you first got there and you were kind of getting your feet wet like was it a was it a big transition was it a big adjustment period like what was it like for for you specifically
2: yeah man i mean from from juco to to, to d1 to sec it was a big adjustment um i just had to do more so what I, it, it, in Juco, I was able to really survive on, uh, honestly, just low in, throwing low fastballs. So my, my, I knew my ball had great sync. Mm-hmm. I knew especially if you're right-handed. As long as I kept the ball down, it was going to be fine. When I got to the SEC level, I just had to adjust my game a little bit. I had to be smarter. I mean, I had to be more consistent. I think that might have been the, the biggest part. It was, I knew if I threw one pitch a little bit too high, it was going to get smoked, <laughs> right? Uh, In comparison to JUCO, you're a little bit more forgiving, Mm -hmm. you know, every hitter. I mean, I'll tell you, there's some really good hitters in junior college, um, but it's just not as consistent. It's one through nine in the SEC, right? Mm -hmm. One through nine in the SEC is the best hitter in every JUCO you play at. So you have to be consistent. Um, I had to learn from how to really paint my slider. You know, when I I was in JUCO, my slider was more of a, a swing and miss pitch. You know, it was 0-2, 1-2. Throw the slider to try to get the K. When I got to South Carolina, I mean, especially during lefties, I had to backdoor it. I just just had to do more with what I had. So I had to be more consistent, and I had to do more. It just it took a while, but I I ended up getting there, especially my junior year. Um, but it was just a lot of time and effort, I'll tell you that much. And a few days of getting smacked around in intramurals, <laughs> you'll start you'll start learning things quickly. <laughs>
1: Yeah, it's funny, Jose. I was going to say, you know, what I said earlier about, you know, nowadays you just don't see the the knuckle scrapers quite as much anymore. And you think about the 10 and 11 teams. I mean, the South Carolina bullpen was really dependent on two of them, you and John Taylor both. Literally, it seemed like that was every game, seventh inning, eighth inning. I mean, I know John, I think he still holds the record for appearances in a season where he pitched like every single game. So it was really you guys back-to-back in the bullpen that, really, I mean, I, you could say anchored those national title runs both years.
2: It, it was wild. I remember the first day on campus, John showed up, and I've never, like, been with another side armor, I guess. So it was kind of an interesting, like, wait a second, you, you are me, I am you. Like, how how, how is this going to work? <laughs> um, but, I mean, it was great having him there. Um, me and him, we did, this, did things similarly, but also different, which I thought was kind of nice. Um, there was always a level of competition, you know, um, mm. I feel as if, you know, year one I pitched more and year two obviously <coughs> was taking him off the mound. He was just incredible season mm-hmm. senior year. As as you know, I don't know how many records he holds. Yeah. That was one of the greatest seasons I'd ever seen. So it it was one hundred percent competition between me and him in a friendly way. And I think it made us both better. Um and then it made everybody else better, to your point. The the matchup game in the bullpen was just it was fun, man. Even being in the bullpen, everyone understanding their roles. Um you kind of knew when you were coming in and not coming in. It just – it was a different vibe, man. I've never been a part of anything like that.
1: For sure. So, I want to talk about that, that 10 season, obviously. Before I get into that, though, you guys took down Clemson in Omaha. And I want to ask you about the Carolina Clemson rivalry because a guy, you know, coming from the state of Florida, maybe not too familiar with it, but how quickly did it set in for you just how big of a game, how big of a series that was? Because I, I know I would argue, many would argue, it's the best rivalry in all college baseball.
2: Man, that was wild. <laughs> to, to, to your point, you know, I came in I, not really knowing too much. Like I said, my, my uncle lived in, in Lexington, so he was a big Gamecock fan. Mm. So I was able to get a little bit of a vibe going into it. But I think week one, that was one of the first questions they would ask everyone. It's like, hey guys, Clemson's on the seventh or on the fifth. Y'all ready? And I was like, oh guys, we have four series until we get there. Like, <laughs> what What is happening? Um, no, but that was, that was wild. And I'll, I'll definitely tell you the, the players love that. I think it's really nice. You know, the majority of our team was internal, you know, South Carolina folks. Um, so, you know, Roth is from near Greenville. Kyle Enders mm-hmm. is from, you yep. know, Adam Matthews.
1: So, Wingo's up there. Yeah. Wingo also. But, yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, a lot of guys.
2: folks nearby that if I didn't know it coming in, trust me, I, I quickly picked up on it just based on how everybody else was doing. I'll tell you that much.
1: For sure. I, I want to ask you switch gears a little bit, Jose. Do you think there's a reason, I, you know, I, I know that obviously velocity has taken a huge bump up in the last, what, even 10 years of baseball. Um, you know, it's crazy. Just sitting there watching the replay of the 2010 national title last week. And you're seeing, you know, a guy like Matt Price throwing, throwing hard, but it, it's almost like at the big league level, at least, I mean, 93, 94 is just a, is a given at this point. Guys are throwing 99, a hundred starters are throwing that. But I was going to ask you: Do you think there's outside of the velocity numbers? Do you think there's a reason we don't see the your your throwing style, the knuckle scrapers, the submarine guys? We don't see those guys quite as much as we used to.
2: So I would say that they they go in cycles. Mm-hmm. So if, if you talk to so like I said, <laughs> the first Calvi recruited me. Um, mm-hmm. that guy, I owe a lot of my life to to Coach Calvi. And one thing that happened was. The year before, um, I think Mississippi State was it that made it to the College World Series. And I think they had three sidearmers. They had three guys, very similar to me and JT, you know, sitting around 80. They would just match up them to death, back and forth, back and forth. It, it, I think it was Mississippi State. I, I could be wrong about that. But what ended up happening is I know even Calvin will tell you that he saw that and was like, wow, I can go do that. So then you started seeing a little bit more of them, right? So mm-hmm. me and JT got hired. And I think after us, you started seeing more schools trying to emulate it too, right? Mm-hmm. right. And now we're talking 10 years ago, right? right. I mean, we're talking right. a long time. So I would argue that historically, we're not D1 guys. I mean, mm-hmm. when I think about all the D2 people, uh, all the sidearmers that I know, even a lot of them that made it to the bigs, they were small D1s. They were high-end D2 guys. Mm-hmm. That, got you know they were really really good and then Mm -hmm. were able to kind of progress but our world i mean Calvi was Calvi took a chance in my opinion Mm -hmm. for finding us i think that um he was he thought outside the box to be like all right how do i build a bullpen Mm -hmm. and he took it that way i mean you got to remember man south carolina has their pick of the litter Mm -hmm. you have to (laughs) south carolina can get almost any pitcher any hitter they want in the entire country so you have to have a strategic vision of being like, okay, I'm going to use a few of those spots for relief pitching. And you rarely see that What most, what most schools want to do is, you know, to your point, find as many people that throw between 92 to 95 mm-hmm. yep. or 88 to 93, you know, whatever your, your template is. And you know what, they'll they'll figure it out in the bullpen, you know, whoever doesn't start goes to the pen. Mm-hmm. And I think it was more of a strategic thing from Calvi and, and Tanner and Holbrook to be like, okay, a percentage of our staff, we know they they could be aces, they could be starters, they could be starting pitcher ones, right? Friday night guys, mm. let's let's get a few folks that you know me and JT. We're not going to start any games. We're mm. pretty sure, <laughs>
0: right? Coming
2: <laughs> in, mean, that wasn't the goal. I mean, me and him both came in wanting to be the closer. That was that's what we wanted to do. Most other folk, most other you know freshmen or JUCO guys coming in, they want to be Friday night, right? Mm. So I think it's more strategic division and the fact that you have to think outside the box to make that happen because I mean, wouldn't you rather, you know, bring in a 94, 95 guy, than this, this 79 to 81, five foot eight submariner. I mean, it makes it makes yeah, little a risk, little bit less
1: of a risk, a little bit less of a risk.
2: So that's what I would just say. It takes a strategic coach to do it. It takes strategy from a recruiting perspective and it's not easy to do. I think that's the other side of the coin. Like, yeah. It's, it's, you see a lot of these side armors that, you know, they get by, but do you want dude these, these U S the hitters at South Carolina, at Florida, just cause we pitch funky doesn't mean that uh, it's hard to hit. Right. It's the movement afterwards. It's the control. There, there's so many little intricacies that go into it that it's, it's just difficult to do find really good ones. i I believe maybe I'm, I'm a little biased there, but it's not an easy skill to pick up either.
1: For sure. So you were speaking on coaching, and I can't believe we've gotten this far without talking about Ray Tanner. Uh, I just want to get your because I feel like everybody's got their own Ray Tanner stories or experiences or whatever. Obviously, Hall of Famer. I mean, legendary head coach at South Carolina and and in college baseball. But just talk about your your interactions with Coach Tanner. Any what what sticks out to you from your two years in Columbia with uh with Coach Tanner?
2: Coach Tanner, I mean, so obviously it's been 10 years. I'm in the business world now, and when I think about leadership, I think about what would Tanner in this situation. Man, Um, he is a master at knowing you need. So what I mean by that is, if you're too high, he knows you need to get dropped a little bit. If you're too low, he knows he needs to pick you up. He was an absolute master at that. So he always kept you at a level that you were confident, but you know, not not cocky, right? Mm -hmm. You still got to work hard you know, there, there's people better than you type of thing. Um, mm-hmm. And I thought that was, that was incredible. I think he surprised you a lot. Um, I'll never forget, uh, you know, some of the hitters coming up to me. And I think, I think Christian Walker tells a story when he hit the, uh, no, uh, Neff tells the story. He like pinch hit against uh, Vanderbilt in mm-hmm. 2011. And, you know, most of the time, you know, man on second base and you hit a pinch hitter, what are you going to tell the guy? All right, don't strike out, hit the ball to the right side, mm-hmm. try to, ball and play, whatever, right? Real basic stuff. Right. He told Neff, hit it into the, hit it into the stands. <laughs> like, what? Wait, I've never heard a coach tell someone, go hit it out of the ballpark. <laughs> um, so I think he did a really good job of surprising you. Um, I'll tell you with me, my favorite Tanner story was 2010, uh, Vanderbilt. So, Early in the year I didn't really pitch too much. Um, I remember I got the Valpo game. I got my first win. I threw like five or six scoreless. Mm-hmm. and the following weekend was Vandy. and that like I said, I wasn't really pitching at SEC at that time. Mm. And, uh, Saturday rolls around to Vandy, and I ended up throwing I think it was four scoreless, three and a half whatever three to, somewhere between three and five scoreless um, in Vandy, and I just felt like I made it. I had thrown like 75 80 pitches on a Saturday score I mean it was by far, best outing I'd ever done. Mm. Mind you, I threw 75 to 80 pitches. <laughs> so the next day, next morning, um, Billy has me in the weight room because yeah. I was out for the day. They're like, hey, Jose, you're not pitching Saturday. Cool. So I work out in the morning. I show up to the field in shorts because I was a scratch for the day. Mm. I sit down in the dugout, and Tanner looks at me and goes, Jose, are you sore? <laughs> I was like, I mean, I, th- I haven't thrown 75 pitches all year. I mean, it's the next. I'm, I'm tired. I was like, kind of. He's like, dude, you throw seventy. How can you be sore? (laughs) I was like, this guy. Are you kidding me right now? I'm like in a high right now, and how great I was yesterday. Here he is telling me that I should be not sore and ready to pitch the following day. Like, what's? Anyways, that I, but, but I needed that, right? I, I needed someone to tell me, like, dude, hey, not necessarily do I need you available, but. How do you feel? There's, there, he even said, I remember being like, guys, the guys in the bigs, they throw every day. Can you mm. do that? And I was like, you're right. I don't know. <laughs> um, so anyways, I just think he always kept you in a good place to make sure that you're not too high, not too low. And I, was, I still remember <laughs> sitting in the dugout, having that conversation with Tanner, just being like, I can't believe he just told me that. I, I, I guess I need to get my, my jersey back on. I don't know what I got to do. But that was, <laughs> that was a moment for me.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm curious the rest of that story. Did, did you go back and change and dress out, or did you stick with the shorts?
2: No, I, I looked at the uh, – so we always had a, a sheet that said who was in and who was out, and right. I was out for the day. Uh, I think I might have put on my pants because I think I, – <laughs> uh, But I had no <laughs> – no, he,
1: he, he guilt-tripped you into it. I was curious. I, mean, I think that's what, what it was,
2: man. Well, What was funny is that was um, Jay Brown through that game. The Sunday game was his – was it Tanner's 300th win, 200th win? It was a big win was that, mm. summer. um, I remember Jay Brown started, got the victory. and I think it was like a three, one ball game, but it was a great game. They didn't need me. So it was, it was good. But yeah, I think I put pants on. We'll say that I put pants on.
1: <laughs> <laughs> For sure. So I, I think it's so interesting and Jose, you were talking, I mean, your career, the way it panned out, um, you went from, you know, being maybe never playing baseball again, being a business major to coming to South Carolina and, not only fulfilling that dream of playing in the SEC, but I think the baseball gods were smiling on you because you come to South Carolina and you win back-to-back national championships. I mean, you really you really couldn't have drawn up or scripted a better college career, at least at the D1 level, than what you experienced. I want to start with that 2010 national title. And obviously, again, we've mentioned a couple of times, everybody listening knows that last week, SEC Network replayed the game. Um, First thing I have to ask you, how gypped did you feel, by the way, that they didn't show the innings that you pitched? I saw you tweeting. It. That, was, that, that had to be pretty brutal because I imagine you were – you know, I didn't know beforehand that they were, they were going to be skipping around either. So, you know, I know it was kind of confusing, but I know you had to be, like, looking forward to it. And they just they, – they skipped the, one of the most important parts of the game.
2: So, it's funny you say that, man. So, so I'm in Charlotte, and SEC Network is, is here in Charlotte. Right. And uh, me and my wife, we sit in the Gamecock Club uh, alumni board here or at Mm. the time I was. And I got a text message from one of my one of the guys on the board who does scheduling Mm. for network. And he just sent me like, dude, I'm so sorry. And I was like, what? (laughs) What what are you talking about? And I, I he didn't respond for a while. So I was like, what the heck's going on? So anyways. So my wife so we, we we went to school together but her parents never saw me pitch they didn't know who I was or anything during school so I called them and I said hey by the way games are on you should check it out so they're watching and I told them hey you know sixth and seventh inning they're mine they're mine we're all getting ready for it and then my heart sunk man <laughs> <laughs> when it went to the eighth inning um it, it is what it is my buddy he like I said, he runs scheduling he told me that uh because the inning, there was no run scored on either side. Right. Yeah, that's why they cut it, and forever <laughs> that's going to be the the showing that they're going to have on ESPN classics and stuff. So that runs right. me. It's 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 tough, but um, ESPN's actually uh, SEC network is actually going to send me a digital copy. So I can oh,
1: nice, it. nice. So they yeah.
2: they're, they're helping me out, which is cool. Uh, but. Man, I I still blast uh, you guys over there that still work there. That I'm like, come on, can we just do the whole one, just one time?
1: Yeah, it's like some people want to see great pitching. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. Look, so. I did
2: my job so well, they don't want to see it.
1: <laughs> work, work you should have given up a bomb. They'd have put it on there.
2: Maybe. That, look, <laughs> you know what? I did that in the College World Series. I'm good. Not seeing that one All
1: right? for good. sure. So, so just talk about. I mean, obviously, again, we could go into you know all day talking about that, that those two years, but just talk about 2010, that run, obviously everybody knows the story. You guys lose the first game. There's uncertainty, whether, and I mean, is this going to be a two and Q type situation, but you guys go on that run, obviously take on UCLA, you know, you beat Clemson twice, which is historic for many reasons. You beat UCLA twice to win it all. And obviously you get to pitch in that game two final, which, you know, obviously went to extra innings, the wit walk off, we all know, but just, Talk about that run. Again, you're, you're a guy that went from maybe never even playing the game again to you're in Omaha, which is the pinnacle for college baseball. And then, again, you get to pitch in the actual final. And, you know, watching that replay that, you know, you can definitely see you on the field celebrating with your teammates, stuff like that. I mean, can, can you even put into words, I guess, how – you know, what that experience was like?
2: It's, it, it's surreal, man. Um, like I said, it, it, it's something I've never experienced. In my life, and I, I don't know if I'm ever going to experience anything like that again. Um, when when you're in it, you know you're not you're not worried about who you were before, who you're going to be. You're just you're so succumbed, right? by by yeah. the by the environment. And Rosenblatt was such an environment. I mean, all week was an environment. And then we're in that game, and you know I had a feeling I was going to come in, kind of you know I, they had seven righties, I think seven mm. righties lefties, so I had a feeling I was going to be coming in early, and I know uh, Roth was on short rest, so mm. mentally, we were there, and I mean, there wasn't even time to think, man. Uh, I mean, I'll tell you, that first game against Oklahoma, um, I gave up a bomb on national television that still goes <laughs> to this day. <clears throat> if, if you look closely, I cussed into the ESPN <laughs> microphone, which was nice and fun, um, so I think that got my jitters a little mm. out. Uh, when, when UCLA happened, that was more of a, not necessarily revenge, but it, it, it kind of was a culmination of everything to me. Right. It's like, hey, you know, just because you, you pitched, like I said, I pitched poorly against Oklahoma. I wasn't going to let that be my legacy. Mm. Mike is here. Let's, let's go deliver. And I'm just glad I did, man. I'm glad that the coaches trusted me, the players played for me. I mean, it was, it, it was unbelievable. I mean, I've seen some highlights and I, remember, I just, it takes me there every time. Mm. Uh, whenever I've seen myself and I've gotten through it, I've seen it one time since I graduated. Mm. And I just – I'm there, and I couldn't believe I did it. Thinking back, I couldn't believe I did it. But being in the moment, it was it was insane. It just – I it, it's hard to put into words. It just – it felt right. It just – it felt surreal, and it felt right.
1: For sure. So what's better than winning one title, winning back-to-back? And you guys did that, obviously. I, I'm curious, you know, Jose, for you, again, going into 11 – you know you're definitely considered a veteran guy a key piece of the team at that point um how much different I guess was the mindset for you personally for the team from when you got on campus in fall of 09 to fall 10 because I'm sure again the expectations had to change it's like all right we closed out Rosenblatt let's open up TD Ameritrade let's go back to back I mean yes you lost some key pieces but I mean the core of that team was back in 2011 um I thought Adrian Morales, who we had on the show, said it best in the sense of 2010 was a team that was sort of finding itself and, you know, won it for the first time. Whereas 2011 was a lot more businesslike in the sense we're expecting to win. I mean, there's no question what the goal is, what the expectation is. or coming into coming into this 11 season with a businesslike attitude of, you know, we're going to go back and we're going to do it again. Just talk about, I guess, the differences in that 10 and 11 season. Um, for you personally and for the team as far as what the goals were and the expectations and what you guys were looking to achieve?
2: Yeah, I mean, what, what Adrian said, that was – that's spot on. I've never been a part of a team that expected to win every single game. Like, truly. It it, it was even at points. And um, I think me and Adrian uh, – he was my roommate. Um, and, and and we – I mean, we've played with each other and against yeah. each other for, for years. Um, <laughs> me and him – kind of come from the same cloth in the sense of like, stay humble, like tries, like the, the expectations to win and we were prepared to win, but mm. like, don't let it get to your head. Right. And we somehow figured out a way to remain confident, to remain so strong and expect to win without letting it get to our heads, man. It was just, wow. Yeah. Year one, if you remember, I don't I mean, you probably do remember, mm. I think opening weekend, I think Christian Walker was at third base.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Adrian I, I th- was Adrian on the bench, or he might have started at second. Wingo was on the bench. Uh, maybe I, I mean, and I know I
1: know Wit was playing infield too. He was playing a lot of second as well. It was second. like a lot of different guys shuffling. I feel like
2: yeah, that's I think Wingo was at short. Adrian mm-hmm. was at second. Christian was at third. I mean, it <laughs> was just like an experiment, man. <laughs> it was right. It was crazy. And then, obviously, we know what happened to the you know at the end of the year. Uh, Maddie Price had never gotten a save right that year. And then, middle of the year, obviously, he starts dominating. So, I think senior year, to I mean, to the point, Adrian, man. I mean, we knew what the expectations were. We went into every single game knowing or expecting that we were going to win. Mm.
1: I remember
2: year in two thousand ten. Holbrook sat us down. It was either right before the season or a few weekends in and said, you know, guys, I think, I think this is a college world series type team. That's, that was said in the beginning of 2010. Mm-hmm. If you would have said that in 2011, like, you'd be like, yes, I know that. You don't have to tell me that. Right. <laughs> like, it's, it's no longer just about making it to Omaha. Now it's about, let's never lose another game again. Um, it, it just, like I said, I, I don't know how we did it, but it really was this crazy balance between never stop working. I mean, that's the hardest group of people I've ever worked with, been with, talked to, that really cared about baseball and just grinded and knew that it wasn't going to be easy. I think that's the thing. Like, a lot of people, when they expect to win, they think it's going to be, you know, 12 to 1 victories every time. Mm. Oh, we're so much better than everyone. We're just going to destroy them. And we kept this balance of, like, if it's a close game, we know we're going to win. Mm. We had the and we had the guy. Someone's going to come up big. because we just someone did we knew somebody was going to do it we just didn't know who it was going to be so yeah expectation every game was was to get a w and man i don't know how many records we broke but it's that was a wild <laughs> ride
1: <laughs> yeah i was going to say that 11 team was so dominant i mean 22 and 8 in the conference you guys won the division won the east obviously won the conference um you know going into the postseason with tons of momentum fast-forwarding go to that 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 series final um against Florida, have you ever seen a crazier game than that game one against Florida? Where, again, your buddy John Taylor, like you said, he was, he was dominant that year, and I, it still is baffling to me how he was able to get out of a bases loaded, nobody out jam, and obviously Scott Wingo, a ton of credit to that as well, but, I mean, that that game one obviously was, I mean, many of us would argue the craziest baseball game we've ever seen.
2: That was wild. I mean, but that, that's kind of a, the, what I was just saying. We, we, f- we all thought we were going to get out of it. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it was one of those things that everyone just – not necessarily assumed, but it nothing surprised us at that point. I mean, we were one strike away, right, in in 2010. We've been in so many of those pressure situations that we just kind of – we knew that if we tried really – we knew that if we tried hard and just stayed focused on the play, well, it'll figure itself out. We got this. Um, so, I mean, I remember I was in the bullpen out there in right field watching that stuff, and I just – it was, I couldn't believe. I, mean, it, I can imagine how it was watching it on TV, being there. I mean, the bullpen. I mean, we were going nuts <laughs> for sure. But it was. It's still one of those things, man. I mean, when you expect to win and you expect to get out of it, no one's down in the dumps. Nobody there when those bases loaded said, "All right, here it is. There's here's the season. Here's the game." None of that stuff, man. It's like, all right, we're we still got a shot. Let's go to make it happen. And that's that's a testament to coaching, to players. I mean. That was wild, but it's it was weirdly unexpected. I mean, weirdly expected at that point.
1: For sure. So that final out recorded against game two against Florida, I mean, was it – how much different was it than the 2010 one? Again, it's – you know, I think people almost take it for granted when they say, oh, you know, South Carolina should have won it. You expected to win it. But, again, people don't understand just how hard it is to go through an entire season. I mean, baseball is a funny game. How hard it is to go through an entire season – you know, get through even just the regional, super regionals, get to Omaha, to do what you guys did to get to the final is so tough. To win it all is so tough. And to do it back-to-back years, I mean, again, Jackie catches that final out. I mean, what's, what's the rush of emotion for you? I mean, obviously, again, talking about your story, a guy that came from where you, you were at, maybe never playing the game again, to now you're a back-to-back national champion. I mean, how much different were the emotions than 2010? Was it any – I guess, I don't want to say less sweet, if you will, but I guess how much different were the emotions in 11? So
2: the the first thing I remember uh, when Jackie caught that ball is I couldn't believe he threw the ball out. <laughs> <laughs> he threw the ball into the stands. I was like, what are you that doing? That
1: baseball's never been seen again, I think.
2: What is, dude, work, heck, give me the ball. Anybody, <laughs> Just, I promise you something about that ball. <laughs> um, but, I mean, so, well, it was being a senior and that being – the end um was was a crazy experience i mean kind of like 2010 was kind of a culmination of all of it 2011 was to your point i shouldn't have been there in no reality does that actually happen Mm. to watch it happen and be a part of it it, i mean i remember running in i'm not the fastest guy so it took me a little bit to go from left field (laughs) to the bullpen um but i mean it felt it was definitely different. I would, I would definitely say that. Uh, for me, it was my last career game ever. Um, so mm-hmm. it was a, a culmination of I can't believe this happened and I can't believe it's over. And this is how it ended. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, so it was. I'm just glad that I was able to be there with my parents and my grandparents, um, so they can all they can all be there and see it. I mean, it was it was a great moment. I, I'll de- I'll never forget it.
1: So, I, I got to put you on the spot, Jose, switch up a little bit and ask you hypothetically, h- hypothetically, if we could put the 10 team versus the 11 team on the same field, make them face off, who, who do you think would win the game?
2: Oh, what point of the season?
1: That's a good question. I, I guess both, both, uh, we'll just say both teams peak or like the best version of both teams. So, whatever point that was, because, um, yeah, we'll, we'll say the best version of both of those teams.
2: Uh, give, uh, give me Blake Cooper. <laughs> give, me, give me Coop, give me Dyson, and give me Roth on Sundays. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, lied. yeah. I mean Coop, Coop is a guy, I mean, and Dyson, I, 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 I really respect Coop. Um, that kid just showed up and dominated. I mean, mm. I, I think I've, I've probably posted on Twitter before, but he was a guy that he didn't care who he was going up against. I think that year he beat Sonny Gray, uh, Pomerantz.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah,
2: uh, I think uh, he beat basically a- every
1: ace he faced. I mean, it was I just mean, like Friday day. after Friday. Yeah. I had to
2: beat five or six first rounders, and mm-hmm. one. I mean, and every time he showed up, there. I don't think he had a bad game all season. Mm-hmm. The fact that he wasn't a first team All American still pisses me off. <laughs> no, I mean, but that that the transformation, the story he went through,
1: mm-hmm.
2: I, I just like. I mean, Roth was incredible. So that's what I like about 2010 is that I get to keep Roth Mm -hmm. and (laughs) and, and keep Coop. So I think I'm going to have to go with 2010.
1: I love it. I love it. So I want to ask you, obviously, Jose, like you said, that 2011 national title game, beating Florida, that was your last ever baseball game. And, again, what a way to go out. I mean, you you can't be upset with how your career ended. But you were a guy, obviously, like you said, a business major, a guy that SEC academic honor roll. You're obviously in Charlotte doing very well. But – was, was baseball after college, was it ever like a thought for you? Were there ever any teams that called? Because, I mean, again, I mean, maybe what you didn't have in measurables or, you know, I know at the pro level it's a lot different with, you know, being a submariner or whatever. But, I mean, you had the statistics at the highest level of college baseball you could have. Um, what were the options for you? Were there any options? Were you even thinking about playing baseball after college? Like what was, what was kind of that, that process like for you?
2: uh no no options at all didn't get pinged about no one I never signed any um draft paperwork nothing so I knew that was it I knew that was the that was the deal um and it just hey life happens for a reason
1: for sure no I I was gonna say it's just crazy because again looking at your stats it's like you were you were one hell of a stopper, one hell of a relief man again there's there's no rhyme or reason with with you know minor league baseball professional baseball whatever but uh like I said, I think the baseball gods blessed you pretty well. With I mean, you you, you literally could not be – I joked with Christian Walker about this too. I'm like, you went to three national titles and won two of them. Your 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 college baseball career was pretty solid. I mean, there's a lot of guys that never even make the postseason, much less go to Omaha. You know, the, as many times you guys did guys didn't get two rings. That's you know, I, I have to imagine when you look back on your college career, it's it's a it's nothing but great memories for sure.
2: 100. percent I mean. Heck, if if I would have gotten drafted, I may not uh, be married to my wife or have a kid. Things happen for a reason. I I mean, I didn't go to South Carolina. Obviously, there was a hope of getting drafted, but that wasn't the intent. None Mm. of this, the intent wasn't to become a professional baseball player. I would have loved to, but I knew this was my best shot, but it wasn't Mm. like an expectation. I expected to, you know, deliver, do my job to the best of my ability, and just see where the shoes dropped and it, 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 it. I got some pretty rings, uh, and I'm really, really <laughs> happy about uh about how my my career turned out. That's for sure.
1: For sure. So I know you're still really involved, like you said, with the uh, the Gamecock Club in Charlotte, and you're on the board of directors with the What is it, The Gamecock Alumni Club up in Charlotte. Is that right?
2: I, I was, I think I got kicked out last year, but I'll have to talk to the, <laughs> I'll have to talk to, uh, to, to James about that one. But yeah, me and my wife are are involved in all that stuff.
1: I got you. Well, either way, you're still very involved with the Gamecocks, obviously a proud Gamecock alum. I just want to get your take on, um, the current state of the baseball program, obviously with Mark Kingston. And unfortunately we all know the baseball season getting cut short this year, which was devastating, especially for me. I was very much hurt by that, but, um, have you had the opportunity to come back, meet Coach Kingston, and just give your overall thoughts? I know, obviously, the baseball program, going from you know, Tanner to Chad Holbrook to now Kingston, trying to get back to you know, the level that you guys were at, per se. Um, I guess, what are your overall thoughts on him and, I guess, the direction of the baseball program currently?
2: So, I've unfortunately not been able to meet him yet. Um, in 2000, uh, I guess 18 or two seasons ago, I wasn't able to go down. And then last year, there was a few games I was going to go down to, and it got rained out. So I haven't actually been able to physically meet coach Kingston. What I will tell you is that everyone I ask, um, Mm. you know, people that currently work on his staff, people around the building are affiliated with the program. They love the guy. I mean, everyone has told me like, Oh no, he's going to turn this around. Don't worry. Um, And it's people that don't have to be honest with me either. (laughs) So um, it's been very unsolicited because I mean, you know, the record's tough Mm. record. It's, it is what it is. Um, but I'm telling you every time there hasn't been a single person that I've spoken to that says, eh, I'm not a fan. No, everyone raves about him and raves about the program. So I fully expect it to be a turnaround. Um, I do wish to, to go meet him. Obviously this year I was planning on it. Um, I was going to be throwing one, uh, the first pitch, I guess a few weeks ago, but obviously mm. other things decided to take priority. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but that—that's what I've heard, and and that's what I tell any Gamecock fan. It's like I can't find a single person that says a negative word about them, um, and that's that's good enough for me.
1: Yeah, I was gonna say I think we we need to blame you a little bit because you guys set some pretty crazy high expectations. So it's like, <laughs> I mean, it's yeah. like fan, we, the, you know, the it's funny the fans. It's like all right, if you don't get to Omaha, it's a failed season. It's like I mean, I love the high expectations, but it's it, it's not. Uh, quite as easy as just saying that and then it's all of a sudden going to happen. So
2: Man, I'll tell you, I mean, we used to, <laughs> used to piss. I mean, so here's the thing. We have a really passionate fan base, right? And one of the things that makes South Carolina special is that the fans care and the fans are there. Right. Um, so I mean, playing in front of 10,000 people every single weekend is incredible. I couldn't believe it. Right. Um, so with that, with passionate fans, come passionate expectation, mm-hmm. uh, but I'll tell you, I'll never forget, uh, 2010, we had just made it to Omaha, and there was an uh, article in the state that was like, if they don't win it all, it's a, it's a failure. <laughs> are you kidding me? <laughs> we just, we haven't even like flown to Omaha yet. Like we just won, <laughs> I think we just beat Coastal, and we're back doing like a team dinner, and the next morning, sure enough, we get this article that says that expectations, not only are they have we already met some of them, but now we have to win it all? I was like, come on, man. And we got there, but I remember, hey, expectations are what they are, and I'm just glad we we could deliver, that's for sure.
1: No doubt, no doubt. So, Jose, I'm going to get you out of here, but last question. I think this will be an interesting one because, like I said, there are so many great memories, but for you, 2010, 11, back-to-back national titles, if you had to pick one memory from your time at Carolina, um, what would you say is, like, the one that sticks out or is your favorite memory from your time wearing the garnet and black?
2: Ooh. Can I give two? No,
1: that's fine. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's, that's perfect. Uh,
2: well, one's personal and one's team oriented. That's
1: mm-hmm. all right. All right.
2: I, I'll never forget opening day. I'll never right. forget 2010 opening day for myself. Kind of like we talked about. It was, uh, I couldn't believe I was there. I had my entire family in the, in the stands, in the audience. I was waving at my mom from this incredible stadium with a packed house. Um, that, was a moment that was just unbelievable um and then the second memory that i would say was 2010 national championship right before the wit hit it was right before i never forget um you know we have the bunt you know wingo gets the third base and wit's up and the first two pitches come mm. And if you look in the dugout, there's like a ruckus going in real quick. Like if you just look in the dugout real quick, there's like a ruckus. I'm pretty sure that was me um, because I just remember being like, oh my gosh, they're pitching to him. Oh my gosh, here it is. Um, because we all thought they were going to walk him. You had a first mm-hmm. base open, you know, one out. We, we thought, all right, you're going to walk the guy and then face Jackie or potentially walk Jackie and then bases loaded one out, right? Like all right, we all, all right. thought that was the play. and I just remember the moment that I realized, like, wow, here, like, here's the moment, <laughs> right?
1: Right, right. If,
2: if it's gonna happen, it's happening right now. And sure enough, next pitch, you know, we, we know what happened next. Right. So just that <clears throat> moment, right before, it's like the calm before the storm, right? Um, I'll, that, I'll never forget that. That was, that was that was crazy. That was a moment. Like I said, I'll never forget. There's a lot of moments in those two years I never forget, but. The moment that I, I, I was like, wow, we this is actually going to happen. That was that was special.
1: For sure. So many great memories. Jose, appreciate you taking the time, man. I, I know I can speak for all GameCock fans and we say it was <clears throat> it was an absolute pleasure to watch you do what you did in Garnet and Black and watch you guys, you know, as a team do what you did. And even if SEC network doesn't want to show you on their telecast, I, I remember you very vividly pitching for South Carolina. So it's uh it was always fun to watch you guys at the back end of the bullpen. I mean I I you know I know anyone, every South Carolina baseball fan would attribute <clears throat> the, the the back end of the pen, what you guys did, you, Taylor, Price, I mean, all those guys. That was huge, key pieces to winning those titles. So I, I really appreciate you taking the time and kind of reliving it and talking about it and would love to do it again soon, for sure.
2: Absolutely, man. I, I appreciate you putting a spotlight in, into what we did and just Gamecock sports in general. Um, like I said, that's some of the best years of my life um, the, the media, you know, the media and you guys, I mean, just, I appreciate you guys for, for caring so much, um, about what we did. Um, and, and know South Carolina is in a good place. We'll, we'll get where we need to be.
1: Absolutely. So for Jose Mott, I'm Chris Phillips. We appreciate you guys tuning in and we'll catch you next time on the episode of the Spurs Up Show.